Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. Our scripture reading today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, beginning with verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light, On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light was dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Scott. That was very well done. Now we pray may the words of my mouth, the meditations from all of our hearts, be acceptable to you, O Lord, our God and our Creator. By the power of the Holy Spirit, drive away the chaff that the kernels left behind may truly nourish us, and we ask this in the peace and comfort of the Holy Gospel. Amen. Well, we know that Jesus now, he's on the move. His cousin John, the one that last week baptized him, proclaimed this is the Lamb of God, John has now been arrested. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and teach, and just as important, he began to recruit. You see, Jesus, he needed a team. He needed to get folks together, to give him, to give him help. Now Jesus is kind of short on time, so he doesn't, he doesn't hire a high-powered recruiting agent. He doesn't put any, any ads in the Jerusalem Times. He's, no, he's not scouting out the universities. He's, uh, he's not looking for any corporate rating uh, for, for talent. Um, no consultations with all the titans of industry about their best and their brightest folks. He doesn't have any third-party psychological personality inventories to draw from. There's no, there's no background checks. There's no job shadowing. Instead, he just goes down to the harbor, a minor cove that was in Capernaum, or perhaps it could have been in Tiberias. And he just he mingles 
with the fishmongers. He mingles with the working people down there that are down fishing. And he finds two sets of, of brothers. He finds Peter and Andrew, and also James and John. And as he looks at him, he sees, you know, I think I see some promise there. And so he uses their profession as the metaphor for the life work for which, for which he is calling them. He said, you're going to be fishermen, but you're going to fish for people. And so Jesus casts out the net. And ever since those days on that shore of the Sea of Galilee, discipleship and evangelism have been spun from that same net that Jesus cast. So who is this leader that's inviting these brothers to follow him? Was he like any of the wealthy philosophers of the ancient Greek world who came, they all came from well-heeled families or who had rich patrons who supported them financially? No, you know, Jesus wasn't of this tribe. Now his parents weren't dirt poor, but well, they weren't filthy rich either. And Jesus himself said, I don't have a place to call home or to even lay my head at night. And like many of the ancient philosophers, Jesus was itinerant. He just moved from place to place. And in his case, he was, he was preaching a gospel of repentance. And he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven, it comes near. And this was his life. And this is a life that he wanted his followers to join. A life of wandering, of, of proclamation, of teaching, of preaching, deprivation. And so Jesus went throughout Galilee and he was teaching in their synagogues and he was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and he was curing every disease and every sickness among the people. And he was good. I mean, he was really good. And he was so good that people began to call him rabbi, which literally means my great one. But he was generally understood and generally called teacher. And it was meant as, as an expression of respect. Uh, although sometimes, you know, his enemies, they would call him rabbi to the face. But they did so maybe in the same way that an orderly in a psych ward might humor an inmate that was on a, on a loony fringe. They regarded him as dangerous and a threat to public safety, especially their own. But the public, they did not feel threatened. And rather, they were actually very attracted to him. You know, it's kind of like a, a, a moth to flame. And even as a child, he was well-liked. And as a young man, he created a lot of buzz and excitement, with a couple of notable ex uh, exceptions. 
crowds welcomed him with a lot of curiosity and, and, and excitement. And they were, were there wherever he went. And he had really very little trouble assembling a team for his work. And, and he called them, and then they followed. Immediately, not, not in a day or two, immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Immediately, they left their boat, their father, and they followed him. Now, for those that, that, that work a trade, they gave up their livelihood. They walked away from the family farm, if you will. They just got up and, and walked. There was a, a, a very famous general in World War II. Often got himself in, in hot water, even, even with, with the uh, Commander-in-Chief Ike Eisenhower. That was General George S. Patton. And he would say, we herd sheep, we drive cattle, we lead people. Lead me, follow me, or get out of my way. A common mis misconception about followership is that the leader-follower relationship is a, a, has a simple role. One is either a leader or a follower. And Patton said, lead or follow, but make your choice. But yet most people are both leaders and also followers. Whether they, they are one or the other depends on their particular skill set and the mission itself. As, as fishermen of fish, the brothers were no doubt they were leaders in their profession. As fishermen of people, they followed Jesus and they learned from him. Most people are comfortable identifying themselves maybe as one or the other. And there's no shame in being a follower, we say. You know, we know that followers, they are usually, they're not mindless pawns for heaven's sake. A basket of deplorables, a, a tabula rasa, which means that one can imprint lies and fake news, as the media sometimes suggests. But most humans follow because it is in their best interest to do so. We understand a need to learn from the masters, those with the knowledge, those with the skills, those with the power. And then if we follow and we learn, maybe someday we too, we may be leaders. But for now, we follow, we learn, we do what we're told, and if we need to, we will stop following, become leaders ourselves, and take a more radical step, as Patton suggests, get out of my way. No one goes through life without being a follower at some point. Followership precedes leadership. What distinguishes Christians as followers of Jesus is the mission that he embraced and the one for which as Christians we have signed up. 
The mission identified in, in, in what, what Sam read was in verses 12 through 17 of the gospel reading, and especially verse 16, the people who sat in darkness, they have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. So our mission is to shed light is to bring light and is to be the light. And this really shouldn't be too hard because we're all children of light. For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord, you are light. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Jesus himself, he described himself as being the light of the world. As such, he, he taught us how to dispel the darkness of despair, replace it with the joy of hope, the gloom of night with the lightness of the early morning dawn, the midnight of evil with the sunlight of righteousness, the addiction to bad habits with the strength of self-control, the debilitating effects of isolation with the blessings of the community. But Jesus knew something else that few leaders understand. He knew that the time would come when he himself would need to get out of the way. His mission then was to be the light of the world and to guide others from darkness to light. And this included doing not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And he came to seek out and to save the lost. He preached the, the, the primacy of love, love for God, love for one's neighbor, and many people today live in the shadows of darkness. And really, they're looking to come clean. They want to come out of those shadows. And this was the mission of Jesus. And, and such it is as our mission as well, as being followers of Jesus. It is the mission of our church. And therefore, we must take Jesus seriously. We must become students of the world. We must re-examine the windows of our own souls to see if they've been encrusted with the cultural layers of grime and debris. In other words, you know, it doesn't, help, doesn't hurt to inspect the light. Is it bright? Is it shining? General Patton was not known for being tactful. And his unwillingness to varnish what he called the truth landed him in hot water on many occasions. He was like a bull in a china shop. His view of life was simple. You are leading, following, or you are in the way. If it's the latter, please get out of my way. He may not say please. Please get out of my way before I run you over. But you see, Jesus doesn't share that same view. 
No one was ever in his way. He had time for people. In fact, he had too much time. Often, Jesus was exhausted. He was so compassionate to the point of literally being physically ill when he saw how much people were suffering. And he wept over the sorry state in which he was found in Jerusalem. He came to save the world. No one was or is in the way. But this is precisely what he did. He got out of the way. He died. Of course, he did rise again. He refused the invitation of followers to anoint him as being a king or an earthly ruler, but instead he, he turned over the mission to his followers, who now became the leaders of the movement that at times had been known as Christendom, Christianity, or the church. Smart leaders know that from some point the team will be ready and the leader will disappear. The genius of this, of this is that if the leaders eventually get out of the way, the leader's message will be perpetuated for generations, maybe even centuries, perhaps even millenniums. Here we are, we are in the year of 2023, more than 2,000 years after Jesus got out of the way, and we're still on a mission in the name of Jesus, still giving Jesus a like or a love on Facebook, still giving Jesus a shout out, still inviting people to follow Jesus. We're taking the page right out of our gospel reading, the Beatitudes this morning. We are inviting people to follow Jesus, just like the very first disciples. We are out fishing for people. Christians in the early church were often called people of the way. When we fish for people, we're not asking them to get out of the way, but rather we're asking them to get in the way. <coughs> For to get in the way rather than out of the way, it is to step into eternal life. It is to step out of darkness into the glorious light of the good news. Lead, follow, and by all means, get in the way. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful scripture lesson this morning. As, as we percolated when Sam read, we, we felt it in our hearts. Jesus was now on a mission. He was out to find disciples. He was out to recruit. And he's been recruiting ever since. Well, he may not be with us physically, but he's in our hearts. He calls us to come to him. Or to you, our Lord, as we pray to you. Thank you for being here with us this morning to encourage us, to be with us, to sit next to us. And we just pray, Lord, that as we reach out to bring people into the church, to, to learn about you, to learn about, about all the wonderful things that you, you give to us, but most especially to life eternal. Lord, we just pray that as we go out and as we, we fish, that we will find those that willingly come into our nets and want to join our team. Praise be to God. Amen. Mm -hmm.